Last time on the Skip and Josh podcast. We have a very good friend that is addicted to sending one word texts and emojis. I'm not yeah. sure he knows how to send a text message, <laughs> but there are people who know yeah. how to use a smartphone. They just, they're too lazy to type a period and type a new sentence in the same bubble. And instead they send you four bubbles in four seconds and your phone beeps four times. You're listening to the Skip and Josh podcast with Skip Sherman and Josh Obadia. Okay, Skip. So today we're going to talk about our favorite bands slash artists of all time, which in hindsight was a very daunting category. But before we get to that, I need to tell you a story that happened this week. In fact, I've already told you the beginning of the story, but there's the continuation now. Okay. So, you know, I was on the phone with you the other day and I was having trouble logging into my Bell 5 account. Oh, I was going to text you yesterday asking like what happened. So it's the biggest headache of my life right now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm using this platform to try to get someone out there to help me. Because if I don't use this platform for that, then what good is this podcast? Right. Okay. So, so you can't log in still. Okay. So I'll tell you what happened. I've been logging into my Bell 5 account every day for the last two years on my computer, and I've never had a problem. But I started having a problem two days ago, and I called Bell, and I don't know what they did, but I was able to log in. I don't think they actually did anything. I think I just got lucky, and I was able to log in. So I thought, okay, problem solved. But then yesterday, I tried to log in again, and I had the same exact problem, and I called, and they couldn't help me at all. They said they're escalating the issue and someone would call me in 24 hours, but I'm not holding my breath. So I already know what kind of troubleshooting they're going to ask me to do before they ask me to do it because I've done this kind of work before. And so I did my own troubleshooting. So I tried to log into other websites that require a username and password and they all worked. In fact... Mm -hmm. There's two different Bell websites. There's Bell 5, where you can watch your shows and watch your recordings. And there's also like your Bell account, like if you want to make a payment or make adjustments to your channel lineup, whatever. They're actually two different websites. But I use the same exact username and password for both those websites. And one of them works and the other one doesn't. So that doesn't make any sense to me right off the bat. Wow. Furthermore, I try. I always use Google Chrome, but the guy on the phone, tech support, said, why don't you try a different browser and see what happens? Yeah, it's a legit right. solution. So I, yeah. used, I tried Firefox, and it worked. Oh. So Firefox works. So then oh, he, so thinks it's a it's a pro- he thinks it's a problem with Google Chrome. He said, I need to update my version of Google Chrome, which I did, by the way, uh-huh. and it didn't help. Wow, this is something weird, yeah. It's very weird. So you know how Chrome stores your usernames and passwords? Mm-hmm. So I went and I deleted some of the usernames and everything. passwords. Not everything, because, yeah. you know, I, yeah. like I don't need to, whatever. But I deleted a bunch, hoping that it would reset the thing. And I was actually able to log into the Bell 5 account after doing that. However, even though I was able to log in, when I tried to watch anything... It wouldn't let me watch anything. Oh, man. So anyway, I still don't know. Like, okay, I have a workaround. I can use Firefox. It's not the end of the world. Uh, But it's still very confusing. And I don't think anyone from Bell is going to call me within 24 hours. But we'll see. Well, I can't wait to hear what happens. (laughs) This is, is we should send an email to uh, what's that podcast you used to listen to? Reply all. Correct. But no, sadly, reply all is no longer in biz. Like they've, uh, they did their last episode and they've retired the podcast. So maybe we should start our own reply all podcast <laughs> and help others. We could try. Yeah. We have vast knowledge of many topics. That's for sure. So, um, do we have any listener mail that we need to, uh, read? Mailbag. Um, the last episode we did was, uh, Ozark. Um, I had a blast doing it. I, I I thought we I thought our insight of the show, the way we talked about the different characters, and the way they wrapped up the whole um, 
not just the whole season, the whole series. I thought we we I, I love talking about it, but you know, it's the kind of thing where I ask people like, "Did you listen?" or like normal listeners are like, ah, "I didn't watch Ozark, so like I didn't listen." Right? Like right. <laughs> Yeah. So our friend Dan from North Carolina said, great podcast, guys. He goes, I gave up on the show after three seasons. It became like the Sopranos to me. There's just nothing more to explore. And the show becomes repetitive. And you said exactly that. Right. I sort of said that. Yeah. Like they could have wrapped it up a little bit quicker. I thought I don't know that they needed the last season or as many episodes in the last season. Right. He said Jason Bateman has a podcast with called Smartless with Will Arnett and Sean Hayes, and he says he highly recommends it. I've listened to that a couple of times. You're nodding your head. I guess you have too. I listened to one episode uh, like a year or two ago. I don't even remember yeah. who they who they talked about, but yes. It depends. That's the type of podcast like they have a guest on every time, right? right? So like there's a lot of podcasts like that. It's like I don't know if you ever listen to Mark Marin, but like – it depends who the guest is, right? I Sometimes I look and I'm like, yeah, okay, I like that guest. I'll listen. And other times it's like, forget it. That's why we don't have guests. Yeah, we have a no <laughs> guest policy now. <laughs> and then uh, Val from Montreal, she said, I've never watched anything twice except Ozark is an exception. And I'm on my second go around and she absolutely loves the show. Now, I don't know if she listened to our podcast, but she does love Ozark. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. So that's all we've got for the mailbag. All right, that's good because I think this episode might be long and um, I want to hear what your uh-huh. process was in compiling your list of favorite bands sure. slash artists of all time. So obviously, like, sometimes we have a very, like, narrow topic. You know, it's like, it's very specific. This is as broad as it gets, right? Yeah, I don't know what we were like, thinking. Yeah, like we've done tons of music podcasts, our favorite songs by this band, our favorite songs by that band, favorite songs of the 80s, favorite albums of the 90s. Like we've done music, right? So people do have a taste of what our our own musical taste is. Like people have a feeling of like they know, like they know I'm a big Bruce Springsteen guy. Like they know, like they know about us. People know about us, right? Yeah. But like, so this is obviously, and I told you this on the phone when we decided on the topic, this is not an exercise of like, figuring out who the best ones are and, and really doing a lot of research. This is an exercise in ranking, <laughs> right? Yes. And and keeping it at seven and making it stay at seven was very important because otherwise, if we just expand it, then it just becomes too easy. The, the exercise here is getting it to seven and ordering it in seven. So like, what did I do? I went on my phone. I did, I looked at my music library looked at went by artists and I went down the list and I wrote down the ones that I know are should be ranked right and then I got to about 20 something and then I then I narrowed them and ranked them and ranked them and ranked them ranked them till I arrived at 7 um it, it the, the thing is we never actually talked about this but but we never talked about like the criteria that to to put them in your top 7 like is it because for me music is changes over the years if you would ask me in like 1992 rank your top seven favorite artists i led zeppelin probably would have been in my list right mm-hmm. um like now they're not and 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 same could be said for for other bands you know um at a certain points in time you know joe jackson definitely would have been in my top seven i think if i made it top eight he might be number eight but you know so so it's kind of like a 2022 snapshot or more or less, maybe, maybe like I'm, there's like a, you know, in sports, they say there's a recency bias, you know, like if, yes. if, you know, if Tom Brady goes out and throws three interceptions in his first game of the season this year, everyone's going to be like, Brady's done. Right. That's right. it. Brady's done. Um, so like, yeah, there's a recency bias to this. It's kind of, kind of who you're listening to at the moment, obviously has to play into the, the equation. Like, I think it has to, in your own brain, how could you disconnect that? So so it's a combination for me. It's a combination of what I'm listening to more recently, but also what I've listened to over the course of my life, you know, like what I keep going back to no matter what, you know, this could be an artist that I've listened to in the nineties. And then I, you know, I keep going every few months. I'll always, I'll keep going back or every, whatever, whatever it is, you know, like every few months, years, whatever, you'll always come back to them. So that's how I came up with my list. I don't know if yours is the same or different so um i debated uh texting you yesterday and saying mm-hmm. we should narrow the criteria and 
something like it has to be before 2000 or after 2000. But I didn't send you that message because yeah. sometimes there are bands that started in 95 and, you know, evolved into the 2000s. So mm-hmm. where do they go? Right. So I didn't do that. But yes, I was going to actually say that term that you used a minute ago, recency bias. There are a few mm. bands that I really like right now that I was very tempted to put in my list. Um, in fact, when my list was at 11, they were in there. But then when I had to cut it down to seven, they came out. And I'm very okay. upset that I had to take them out, actually. So I had a similar challenge as you did. But part of the way I made my list was, you know, like you said, we've done other episodes and people know the music that we like. So I went back and looked at the favorite concerts that I went to. I looked back yeah. at the favorite albums of the 90s, the favorite albums of the 80s, um, and mm-hmm. also our favorite Canadian bands. So I looked at, I, I went back and looked at the list for all those And of course, sure enough, a lot of those that we've already mentioned are in this list today. In fact, it's going to sound very repetitive when you hear my list, which is fine. Like that just, that just means I'm consistent. Well, I I also like, obviously the bands that I'm going to mention on my list or artists, I've talked about them all. I think I've mentioned all of them at least once on a podcast, um, some more than others. Um, but I really don't know who's going to be in your list. <laughs> well, you know who like, my I know who's no, number no, one. No, no, you know who num- yeah, you know who my number one that, is. That's clear. But and, the rest, and I think and I think I, that'll be the only one that we have the same. A hundred percent, I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because because Led Zeppelin's yeah. not on my list. No, Led Zeppelin's not in my list either. <laughs> and by the I don't like I don't want I don't want to spoil anything for you, but the Rolling Stones are not on my list either. They're not in my list either. They didn't even make my honorable mentions. I'm not a big Stones guy. So I know we do honorable mentions last. Um, I think we could continue that way. Although, like, I do kind of want to tell you all the people that didn't make the cut, but whatever. I have 25 bands slash artists that didn't make the cut. It would be too long to go through all of them. (laughs) Okay. I might tell you four of them. Okay. So now I want to tell you one more thing about my list. Normally, when we have a topic, I write down number one. XYZ, and then I write down a bunch of notes, bullet points. Yes. Things that I want to talk about, things, points that I want to mention, whatever. Right now, I have a list of seven things. All it says is the name of the artist. I have no notes, zero. Zero notes. So everything I'm about to say, now, like, this is, I don't want to sound like conceited or whatever, but like, between me and you, our knowledge of music is vast. Like our two brains combined, it's like a serious amount of music knowledge. It's true. So I am going without a script. I'm going without notes. Everything you're going to hear me say about these artists is just in my head. So similarly, I also usually take notes and the only note I've put next to each artist is the year of their first album. That's the only thing I've put down here. I haven't put anything else. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I also have to go, you know, I'm flying blind and... That's why you may hear me make mistakes. Number seven. We're going to start at number seven. (laughs) This is a band that I mentioned on many occasions. This is a band from the United Kingdom that are not in existence anymore, and they are called The Smiths. Yeah, I had a feeling they'd be on your list. Yeah, they they snuck in at number seven. The Smiths are an interesting band in that they only have four albums. And they have not released new music since like the 80s, right? All their four albums came out in the 80s. There's been no new music of the Smiths since then. Of course, Morrissey, the lead singer, has continued to come up with albums and he's still touring even today. Morrissey's a piece of piece of work this guy's a nut job by the way well every artist is no <laughs> no he's like really politically like anti everything and he's one of these real crazies but that shouldn't take away from the from his his singing and his lyrics in the smiths and even some of his solo work is fantastic so i mean i told you this when we talked about the our favorite albums of the 80s and the queen is dead was my number one album um you know the Smiths are timeless, right? Of course, like I just said, they only have their their catalog is a little bit small, 
but this is something that over the years for me, I've always gone back to, right? I started listening to them in the 80s. And just like I told you when we did like a few months ago, whenever we did that episode, like I still listen to them now, right? Like I, I still listen to them now. I Every now and then I'm like, you know what? Today feels like a Smith's day. And I'm just going to listen to my Smith's playlists and feel all the feelings. You know, they have this, it's very sad kind of, sad pop i don't know what you call like it's their their music's hard to categorize you know right like because he has this really like emotive way of singing and the lyrics are kind of very very down sometimes but sometimes that's the kind of music that you want to listen to you know so for sure that's the smiths for me okay so um number seven on my list so this one is different than all the others i've never seen this artist live in concert and he did not appear on any of our lists in the past, like favorite 80s albums or favorite 90s albums. Um, so, and it's interesting because, before I tell you his name, when he first started, his first album was 1977. I was, oh very, I was very young. And actually, I wasn't a fan at the time. I only became a fan of this guy like much, much later in my life. So I like him now. And his real name, you may have heard of his real name, it's Declan Patrick McManus. But he goes by Elvis Costello. Oh, it's so funny to be seeing you after so long, girl. I'm with the way you look, I understand that not impressed but I heard you let that little friend of mine take off your party dress uh, I I knew you were a big Elvis Costello guy I, but I am a little bit surprised to well look I don't know what you listen to from week to week and day to day I don't know what you listen to I think you have a better clue of what I listen to but yeah Elvis Costello is a great pick Honestly. Well, so he's got a bunch of great songs. I have all his hits on my phone. Plus, mm -hmm. um, I told you that I was using the streaming service uh, Stingray Music. And mm -hmm. there's a channel on there. It's called Fans of Elvis Costello. Mm. So it's not just Elvis Costello music. It's his music, but other music similar to that. So I listen to that yeah. station sometimes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So Elvis Costello is number seven on my list. Great pick, Josh. Great pick. Number six. So number six for me, I, I told you, so it's a perfect little segue with Elvis Costello. And actually, very timely this week, I was a guest on our friend Jesse Jackson's podcast, The Set Lusting Bruce. He went away from Springsteen for, for a month, and he's doing a John Hyatt month. It's been a slow journey from the inside out. Now, people are like, who the hell's John Hyatt? Have you heard of him? Have you not heard of him? I mean, you've heard of him only, Josh, because of me. Otherwise, I don't think you know who the hell he is. Right. Um, but uh, so I did I did a couple of episodes about John Hyatt with Jesse. Um, and all I listened to this week is John Hyatt because I had to like re revive my brain, you know, and get into the John Hyatt mode. Um, he is such a tremendous songwriter, such a tremendous performer. Um I discovered him in the early 90s, and again, this is one of the artists that I always, always come back to. And it's funny because Jesse talked about it, because early, early John Hyatt, he was trying to be like this alt-pop star. That's what his record company was trying to promote him as. This is during the 80s. Mm -hmm. And there's many, many comparisons of John Hyatt with Elvis Costello at that time, specifically at that time. Interesting. Right? And then, of course, when I discovered John Hyatt, it was in the 90s, and his sound is not like that. Like, don't think that John Hyatt sounds like Elvis Costello, because that's not true mm -hmm. <laughs> anymore. He's a country blues artist. Like, that's his style. Um, his most famous song, you know his most famous song, it's Bonnie Raitt's uh, Thing Called Love. He wrote that song. So, I mean, you don't even know 
that type of music. You're not into the country style, right? So, um, but that's like literally his most famous, probably his most famous song. Actually, the other famous song that he wrote for other for he wrote for Jeff Healy is Angel Eyes. You know that song? I do. Yes. Yeah. So John Hyatt wrote that song. So he's much more famous as a songwriter for other artists, but. Um, when those episodes with Jesse come out, you'll hear me speak about passionately about passionately about John Hyatt and his sort of four or five album um, in a ro- albums in a row from like eighty seven to ninety five. That's like extremely extremely strong and and worth a listen from anybody. So, okay, I think you once made mm-hmm. me a John Hyatt tape. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. I was trying to convert. That I have you. somewhere. I think I ha- still have it yeah. somewhere. Um, so next on my list is Crowded House. So mm. I mentioned Crowded House when we did uh, favorite albums of the '80s, and mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen Crowded House live in concert. But they are going to be playing live in Toronto in September, and I'm supposed to be going to that concert. So you- I can check them off my list after that. Um, of course, they used to be called Split Ends from like 1972 to 1984, and then they mm-hmm. changed their name to Crowd House because I think one of the band members left and another band member came in. Two of them are brothers. Uh, I have I have a bunch of their songs on my phone, and I do listen to Crowded House on that music platform that I told you about, Stingray. So, um, you know, Crowded House is almost like Right after Elvis Costello, Crowded House sort of appeared. Mm-hmm. I mean, not exactly. I love that. Not exactly, but if you have a timeline, they do overlap, but, you know. I've never seen them in concert. I remember I was supposed to go in the 80s at one point. A mutual friend of ours had tickets. He was trying to convince me to go, and I, I just couldn't. And um, Yeah, they're probably, they're still touring now, and they've been in the news. Like, you know this whole brouhaha with the Bruce Springsteen tickets. I don't know if you're following how yes. there's this dynamic pricing, and People are screenshotting $5,000 tickets and stuff on Ticketmaster, and it's caused the, there's been articles in like the New York Times even about it. But all that to say is that uh, Crowded House was in the news because they, they actually refused to work with Ticketmaster with the dynamic pricing, and they devised some kind of their own system, I think, to try to protect the, the prices of the tickets for their fans, which is very commendable. That's not easy to do. And there are some bands who refuse to work with Ticketmaster. And actually, a friend of mine refuses to go to any concert that has to do with Ticketmaster. So he can't really go to any. (laughs) No, there are are some. And there are like uh, other ticket resellers or resellers, I should say, um, here in Toronto, you know, for smaller concerts at smaller venues. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Number five. We're going to get into the Canadian content, Josh. We talked about this band extensively you know who it is you're smiling already because <laughs> um we we've talked about them often we even did a whole episode on them and that's blue rodeo Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't... Oh, you thought I was going somewhere else. Yes. Yeah, no, Blue Rodeo. I mean, again, I'm sticking I'm sticking with, like, just like John Hyatt, I'm sticking with the country feel, uh, country rock. Uh, that's Blue Rodeo. Um, if anybody wants to know our, our feelings about Blue Rodeo, like I said, we did a whole episode. You can go back and listen to us talking extensively about the band. But, you know, they've been around since the late 80s is when they kind of broke on the scene. And they've been putting out albums still up till last year, right, I think. Or like they're still touring. They're still making music. Um, I tried to get into some of their more recent music after we did our episode because some listeners suggested songs. Um, and it's still really great. Like even the stuff they're putting out today is still great. And I mean, I've seen them in concert 
um, many times. And they are just still a tremendous and kind of iconic Canadian band. Okay, this is interesting. So I believe when we did our favorite Canadian bands, Blue Rodeo was number two on your list. Mm-hmm. So according to that math, and you don't have to say, I know mm-hmm. who, I know there's at least one other band that I know that will appear in your list later in this episode. Yeah, shocker. Right. But, <laughs> but the interesting thing is, so when we did our favorite Canadian bands, number two on my list was mm-hmm. Sloan. And they come in at number five here as well. So there's nice. a bit of symmetry here, which is kind of funny. I knew Sloan was going to make it into your list. I know you're such a huge fan. I am. You know, I've so. seen them live three times. Um, mm-hmm. I actually met... Uh, Didn't I go once with you? You convinced me to go with you? Yes, I dragged you to go with me once. Thank you. And I met the lead singer once. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually kind of funny the way I met him. I was in Moncton, New Brunswick, and they had just played a live outdoor show. And then a bunch of me and my colleagues, I was there for work. Uh, we were just at an outdoor patio having a drink. And then some guy rides by on his bicycle, and it's the lead singer of Sloan. And he mm. stopped and he talked to us for a couple of minutes. That's <laughs> so, nice. So that was funny because Sloan is from Halifax, although now I think they're based in Toronto, but they're originally from Halifax. They were formed in 1991. Are they still putting out new music? I think so because I saw them live just before the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I, I think they are still putting out new music. In any case, mm-hmm. uh, they're a great band. They're fun to see in concert. And uh, the time that I did take you and you'd never heard their music or anything, you said to me at one point during the concert, I think they sound a little bit like the Beatles. Well, they have a, a, an homage style to the Beatles. Like there's a, uh, look, the, the Beatles are, have influenced every rock group that's ever come after them. Of course. And whether people, whether other groups don't want to admit it or not, they have. Right. Like the Beatles have influenced everything that came after them. Right. Um, but yeah, no, Sloan is a tremendous, uh, tremendous, tremendous Canadian and Canadian group and just a great group in, in general. Number four. All right. So my number four, and I'm sticking in the country realm, um, which is kind of surprising. When I put this list together, I didn't realize that I'd have three sort of country-ish artists in a row. You've heard me talk about this artist since the last four years (laughs) like and so i've only discovered this artist in 2019 um so actually it's less than four years when since i've discovered casey musgraves and you've heard me talk about her over and over and over and over and over and over And I think um, for an artist to who I only discovered mu- fairly recently to make it into my all-time favorites um, is a testament to how great her music is. But like lit- literally, like I listen to Casey Musgraves every single day for a year. <laughs> like I'm not like I listened to her every single day for like a year, and I couldn't get enough of her nonstop. Waited for her new album that came out last year um star cross to come out and then listen to that nonstop for like six months so um i just love her <laughs> like honestly i just love her like her her album golden hour came out in 2018 and it won the grammy for you know album of the year like not country music not whatever just album of the year all of music and that's when I took notice because I saw her perform on the Grammys. I was like, who is this girl? Like, who is this angel on stage here singing this song, you know? And then the next day I listened to one song and then that one song turned into another song and then listened to her whole album and then go back into her old albums. And then like, it just snowballs, you know how it goes. <laughs> so this is so far the most surprising one on your list. I'm not surprised about the other ones that you mentioned earlier, but this one I'm a little surprised, mm-hmm. I have to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, her her catalog is not as big as the other people that I've mentioned. Um, she hasn't been around as long. 
but for me um for me it's like uh i don't know how to say it like i just i just fell in love with her music so next on my list no surprise green day sometimes i give myself the creeps sometimes my mind plays tricks on me it all keeps setting up i think i'm cracking up now, Green Day, they actually used to be called, they formed in 1987, I didn't even realize this, and from 87 to 89, they were called Sweet Children. Um, then they changed their name to Green Day, so I don't know any of their stuff from their previous incarnation, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, when I heard Green Day the first time in the early 90s, I was immediately hooked, and I've seen them live a couple times, and the funny part is, I think it's been... Between the first time I saw them live and the second time I saw them live, I think there was a span of almost 20 years in between, which is kind of hard to believe, or maybe 18 years. In any case, um, I like all their songs. They're all really short, quick, loud yeah. you know, bursts, which is great, especially if you need something to wake you up in the morning. Um, they're the, the masters of the two and a half minute like rocker. Right, exactly. They're quite political. Like when I saw them live in Toronto a few years ago... You know, it was during the whole Trump administration and they weren't proud to be American, which is interesting. Oh, no. Um, And they do this thing in concert. I think they do it at every concert where at some point during the show, they'll bring like a like a 12 year old kid up on stage just randomly from the from the crowd. Someone who knows how to play guitar. They give the kid the guitar, let him play a song and then let the kid keep the guitar. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) That is pretty crazy. So. I know. I've been following them a little bit. I mean, I'm not as into their music. First of all, people who listen to our our episode about our apartment stories, if you want to picture Josh's room in 1996, he had a big Green Day poster in his room. So that was like, I mean, it's not for me, it's not a surprise that they're on the list because I know you still like them now. And Yeah. Number three. All right. Well, we're at number three and we're at the uh, group that most people consider like the greatest group of all time. And that's the Beatles. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. I'm surprised they're not number one. Yeah, obviously I have a long history with the Beatles, like many, many music fans. You know, my mom was a Beatles fan and... Like we, that's the music sometimes was played in our house and on the radio and, um, like, uh, like, uh, so when I started to really get interested in music, you know, as a late teen, early twenties, you know, like I just said, like, you want to go back to like what influenced everybody that you listen to and that's the Beatles, right? So. I mean, I have all their CDs. I have all the music. I've listened to them all a million times. Like, I watch the documentaries. I watch the shows. Like, I'm like a Beatle, like, like uh, a Beatle head, you know? Like, I know all the stories. I know all the... When I was watching that that documentary that was out last year on Apple TV, I was like, yeah, this is great. I mean, it was way too long, but... Um, I had to keep explaining to my wife. I'm like, oh, you know, this is this song, and this is this song ended up on another album, and you know, like it's like they don't, it's not all obvious, you know, when you're watching it, you know. So, um, and the interesting thing about putting the Beatles in the list here, Paul McCartney could be like his own artist, like. Right. <laughs> If we expanded to like top ten or twelve, Paul McCartney would be in my list just on his own. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen Paul McCartney together in concert. Yeah, it was a great and, concert. I mean, you can't, I mean, when a when a guy his age gets up and plays for three hours and you know every single song he plays and he, you know, he plays like 30 songs and it's like, what a catalog, you know, exactly. like what a career, you know? It's, yeah, it's like, it's really absolutely incredible. So, yeah. So for me, that's the Beatles are number three. So, so before, now you know who my number one and two well, are. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. I was just going to say, now that you've said number three, I know who your two and your one are. And I know yeah. which order as well. Um, yeah. But the interesting thing about your list, like if someone just found this list handwritten on the street and they looked and yeah. they saw number three, Beatles, number four, Casey Musgraves, I think most people would scratch their head and say, 
how could the same person have put both these bands on their list? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But anyway, that's, that's fine. Yeah. So number three for me is Weezer. You know, I talk about Weezer all the time. We've, we've mm-hmm. done a whole episode on Weezer. What's the deal with my brain? Why am I so obviously insane? In a perfect situation, I let love down the drain. There's the pitch, slow and straight. Weezer came out around, well, they came out in 1992, um, was when they released their first album. So a little bit after Green Day, but, you know, the same era, same type of music. Uh, And, you know, Weezer, if you listen to their albums, some of their albums sound very different from, you know, their earlier stuff. So it's not always Mm -hmm. the same type of music. Uh, but I've seen them live twice. And also I think it was 18 years in between the first and the second time I saw them. So, and if the, you know, if they ever come back to Toronto, which they do, I'd probably go see them again. Uh, their, their latest song, um, a little bit of love. I can't get it out of my head. It's such a great really? song. Yeah. It's like, it's on the, it's on your short list for the song of the year. It is actually, yes. On my short list for song of the year. I love it. So, so number three for me is Weezer. Number two. All right. Number two, you know who it is, Josh? The most iconic Canadian band that there is, and that's the Tragically Hip. Shocking. Um, shocking. We've talked about them extensively, favorite Canadian bands. Whenever we've done a music episode, the hip always come up. Um, way, way back in the early days of this podcast, we did a whole crossover episode with another podcast, Semi-Intellectual Musings, all only just about the Tragically Hip, which was absolutely incredible. Um, they are, I mean, look, obviously they're not in existence anymore. The lead singer, Gord Downey, died how many years ago? Five years ago, I guess. Something like that, yeah. Um, so they're not, they're still not, they're obviously they're not putting out new music, but they are kind of putting out new music because they've, the last year they've come up with like these archives, right? Like there was the mini album that came out with some songs that we hadn't heard before, right? right. Which um, I purchased. And then they just released this year. Uh, just a few months ago, they released um, the a live album. Yes, um, that has the Killer where, Whale where, Tank version. Oh my god! Yeah, live at the Roxy from May 1991. Um, so May 1991, that's like the peak hip in a way. And what they also have on that live album is Highway Girl, the, oh, yes. the live version that somehow in the 90s, I don't know how we got our hands on it. It was the power of Napster, right? Like <laughs> at the time. Um, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Listen, don't you think God and push a bit too fast? I said, slow it down, don't make it loud. That song spawned to me in my mind. I don't know if it's true. We'd have to ask the band, but like the, 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 the crazy wacky story that he tells during that live version of the song basically spawned the whole next album with the song locked in the trunk of a car yes, yes, yeah. and, and all this, right? Like it's highway girl, that live version. Wow. What a freaking song that is. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean the tragically hip, I mean, I can go on and on and on and you're about to go on and on and on about them. Cause I'm sure they're, I don't want I know they're number one in your list. I'm only going to tell one story about the Tragedy Hip to explain how powerful they are. Obviously, we've seen them in concert many times. You've seen them much more than I have, but I've seen them at least five times. It was the Olympics. You correct me. I don't know what year. What, what year? Twenty sixteen. There you go. Okay. The the Rio the Rio Summer Olympics, twenty sixteen. They announced. Gord Downey announced that he had a brain tumor. It was probably going to be their last tour, right? Yeah. I, w- I went. I saw one of those shows. Obviously, CBC is the, the broadcaster of the Olympics. They show for the Olympics. That's all it's on CBC. 20, Twenty hours a day. Twenty three out of twenty four hours. They stop. Exactly. They stop for one hour for the news and for Coronation Street. But in this case, they stopped to broadcast the last concert of the Tragedy Hip live from Kingston. And live, yeah, and. This, that was one of the most powerful viewing experiences of television that I've ever had because not only, of course, did I want to watch it and I didn't want to, I was, I, I, I was crazy about the hip. I wanted to watch it. I loved it. But it was a community. You, you felt like everybody else in the country was also doing the same thing as you, right? We're all watching this. 
And it was extremely, extremely powerful. And I'll never forget that. So I recorded it on my PVR, but I had to get a new PVR so I don't have that concert mm. anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm at number two. And you probably won't be surprised that that this is on my list, but you might be surprised that they're as high as number two. And that's Ben Folds 5, which, by the way, is mm. actually only three people, not five. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, it might be only one person now. It might only just be Ben Folds. Well, I thought about the army. Dad said, son, you must be high. Well, I know if I was including them in the list, I would just have Ben Folds. Because you, you want to include everything he's done, not just the Ben Folds 5. Right. You know, like, yeah. In any case, they came out with their first album in 1993. So similar to Weezer, similar to Green Day, you know, a little bit after Sloan. Um, so you, you see there's sort of a pattern here with the bands that I've put in my list. But mm-hmm. um, Ben Folds 5, you know, they appeared when we did our favorite lyrics episode yeah they were in there and actually there was only one ben folds five song in that list when we did favorite lyrics but i could have put all seven songs Mm. in that episode as ben folds five songs because they have so many great lyrics in so many of their songs Um, but we did a whole episode on ben folds yes we did favorite ben folds songs yeah Yeah. that that was hard to do also to narrow that down to seven Mm -hmm. was hard to do so that just goes to show that if I have trouble getting it down to seven, then they deserve to be in my list. So um, I've never seen them live, I don't think, and I don't think they tour anymore. But uh, whatever, they're ben number Foles two on my list. Himself has some different projects. Like uh, yeah, I don't know how if he's touring or maybe he's touring on his own. He's done all kinds of stuff in the last like ten years. Ben Folds, you know, like in the music industry. Mm-hmm. So that's a great pick, Josh. You're the one that got me into that group, and I absolutely love you for that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I love you too. Number one. So number one, Bruce Springsteen, Josh. We Shocking. All, we all Ooh, know that. Really? We there. all know that's coming. I <laughs> uh, just want to tell everybody that I got tickets to see Bruce Springsteen on April 14th, 2023 in Newark, New Jersey. Screen door slams. Mary's just sweet. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Roy Orbison singing for the lonely. Hey, that's me and I want you only. Don't turn me home again. I just can't face myself alone. Look, what do you want me to say about Bruce Springsteen? Just like I kind of said the Beatles influenced everything, Bruce Springsteen influenced my musical choices, you know? Um... Uh, everybody knows Born in the USA came out in 1984. And then up to that point, I was like a regular teenager that used to listen to whatever was on the radio. I used to listen to Top 40, mostly rock. At that point, rock was in the Top 40, you know. But, you know, when I first heard Bruce Springsteen, he was like any other kind of um, rock rock pop star, you know. Like I didn't know, I didn't like Bruce Springsteen more than I liked Brian Adams or Peter Gabriel or whoever, you know. <laughs> Billy Joel or whoever, you know, so, but then I had a friend that introduced me to some bootlegs and he got me into like, he's like, you got to listen to the older albums. And then of course the eight, the live 85, uh, 75 to 85 box set came out and that's when it all changed for me. <laughs> you know, that's when I started listening to Bruce Springsteen nonstop. I went back and listened to all the older albums, bought all the newer ones as they came out and i've just been on this bruce springsteen fandom since ever since and you know honestly like obviously we were all locked down during the pandemic and i told you that i listened to casey musgraves nonstop for a year mm-hmm. um the only other thing that i listened to in those that that year or two when we were mostly in our homes was e street radio on sirius xm you know i have the subscription still now and that E Street Radio is really like, was really, I don't want to say it saved me because I wasn't in danger, but 
<laughs> but it saved me mentally, you know, like it gave me like it gave it gave me hours and hours of 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 music and music is so like is so important, you know, so that's that's my love affair with Bruce Springsteen. That's great. So obviously, you, as you mentioned many on many occasions, when we come up with a category, the reason we pick that category is because we already know what number one is going to be on our list and we just want an excuse to talk about that. So yeah. that's part of the reason why we picked this category so that you could talk about Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. and I could talk about my number one band of all time, which no surprise to anybody is the Tragically Hip. I stole this from a So right. the Tragically Hip were on my favorite Canadian bands of all time. They were also on my favorite 90s albums of all time. Um, and they were also on favorite concerts that I've ever been to. I did go to, I've seen them live 17 times and I did get a chance to see their last concert in Toronto, which was a few days before that last concert in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, there's, there's far too much to say about them. You know, I've met the yeah. band backstage a couple of times. I've been fortunate enough to do that, uh, have most of their albums and did purchase that new album that came out about a year ago with those five songs on it that were recorded the same time as um, when Road Apples came out. And Road Apples, right. I think, is my favorite Tragically Hip album if I had to pick one. So I do like the sound that they were emanating back then. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, I won't be able to see them live ever again uh but i do listen to their music all the time and will continue to and uh anytime a tragically hip song comes on the radio it's like whatever song it is it will remind me of something either a concert that i went to or somewhere that i've been or a road trip that i took so yeah that's yeah that's how i feel about them that's what music's all about right like you can listen to a song and it transport you to a different place a different time memories you know feelings um that's like the power of music yeah great list josh i love your list i hope you thought mine was okay yours was more than okay yours was fantastic (laughs) here's the people that didn't make my list but that made my honorable mentions okay joe jackson paul mccartney ben folds peter gabriel u2 eric clapton dire straits tears for fears rem billy joel pearl jam weezer eagles and then I have Don Henley, Glenn Fry separately, Radiohead, Robbie Robertson, Led Zeppelin, Dave Matthews Band. So like, those are all groups that I love, but obviously they can't make it. Not everybody could be in the top seven. So since you gave your honorable mentions, I'll give mine. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two, really, I wanted to get them into the top seven somehow. And the only reason they didn't get in is because they're relatively new bands compared to the others. And that's Arcade Fire and The Killers. Oh, Arcade Fire, I think. Those are, yeah, those are both worthy, yeah. So the others on the list, Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters, Dave Matthews Band, Peter Gabriel, Midnight Oil, R.E.M., Blue Rodeo, Brian Adams, Bruce Springsteen, U2, The Beatles, Fountains of Wayne, Radiohead, Garbage, The Sam Roberts Band, The Wallflowers, The Cranberries, The Gin Blossoms, Counting Crows, In Excess, Toad, the Wet Sprocket, Oasis, and Blur. Good job. I like it. Oasis. Well, it's hard. Some of those bands are like that you mentioned and also mine. Like they didn't have a long career, you know, like the Wallflowers, like they have what, one album, right? So, or maybe two. Right, but, right. Um, you know, so that's, you can't really put them in a top seven. Although you can go back and listen to that Wallflowers album today and listen to it song for song and every song is great. Exactly. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Great list, Josh. Great list. The Skip and Josh podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you listen to the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. To interact with the show, send an email to skipandjoshshow at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter and go to Facebook to like the show page. And now for some final thoughts from the guys. I wanted to end the show today, Josh. Um... We talked about old episodes that we did a lot today. You know, we we said we did our favorites. You know, we mentioned a lot. We mentioned a lot today about things that have we talked about all the other times in other episodes. And I want to mention Vin Scully today. 
Okay. Um, because we did an episode of our favorite sports announcers, and I don't know, was he in your list? He was in mine. I don't know if he was in mine. Anyways, he passed away this week. Um, we're not going to be sad. We're going to celebrate Vin Scully. Like when I tried to explain to my wife, like about Vin Scully, she's like, I know that name. And I'm like, I'm like, she's like, do I know who he is? And, and I said, yes, of course you did. And I was trying to explain to her. And I was like, this guy became the announcer for the Dodgers or one of the announcers for the Dodgers in 1950. <laughs> and he, and he was still going up to a few years ago. Right. So can you imagine like a guy broadcasting like Clayton Kershaw, you know, and, uh, the current Dodger teams that are great Dodger teams right now, right? And, you know, Mookie Betts and all these guys. The same announcer did games with Jackie Robinson, <laughs> right? Like, like that's just like, like, that's just not, you can't even like wrap your head around that, you know? That's just crazy. That's just crazy talk, you know? You're absolutely right. Um, the fact that he started when he was 22 and he kept the job yeah. for 50 years uh, yeah. or maybe more, I, I'm not sure. Maybe my math is wrong there. Um, yeah. is just remarkable, doesn't even begin to explain it. Uh, and, you know, he used to do it with another person. Most baseball broadcasts are two people. Yeah. But then in the end, it was just him. Like, he would do it alone. Yeah. And he yeah. really didn't need anyone else to be with him. He could do it alone. That's another excellent, you know, talent that he had. Yeah. We were lucky enough in that he was not just a Dodgers announcer, he was like a national announcer. You know, you saw him in the game of the week and different places, right? So even if you weren't a Dodgers person, you, you knew about Vince Scully. And in fact, when we when I played a clip of Vince Scully, I believe on our, I don't know if I played the clip. Anyways, but if you go back and you want to look at like one of the most famous plays in NFL history, Joe Montana to Dwight Clark, the catch. Everybody knows this play. If you go around, look, you go right now and look it on YouTube, Vince Scully is the announcer for that. That is how that's in, that's how incredible. Like it's it's pretty remarkable. The first thing I did when Vince Scully when I heard that he passed away is I went on YouTube and I watched the clip of the Kirk Gibson home run against Dennis Eckersley. Of course, of course. <laughs> it's so like it's so iconic. It's just unbelievable. So my favorite clip of his is uh, you will recall the year that Tim Raines had to sit out the first month of the season because of a contract dispute, and in his yeah. first game back against the New York Mets in New York. I believe it was the game of the week on NBC and Tim yeah. Raines playing without having any spring training. I think, did he go three for four or four for five? Did he hit for the cycle? In any case, he certainly hit, he certainly hit, I think he hit a three run home cycle. run like in the ninth yeah. inning or something or late in the game that won the game for the Expos and Vin Scully did that game. Yeah, I don't think it was a cycle. I think it was just like, uh, I think he had like four hits, maybe a triple and whatever. And I think it might have been a grand slam that he hit. Sorry, like, yes, anyways. You, you could be right. I, I, I could be getting yeah. it wrong. It was always so special when the Expos were on national TV. Right. I'll speak to you next time. Have a great week. But the game right now is at the plate. In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened.